Welcome. I am your host, Christine, and this is the Self-Esteem Truths Podcast, a podcast about discovering the truth about who we are, why we struggle, and how we can overcome. This podcast is designed to help you transform your life as we dive weekly into new questions about self-esteem truths. Hi, I'm Christine. I am a confidence coach and motivational speaker, and this is episode 127. My topics each week often come from things that are coming up in real world. So either multiple clients have brought this to my attention, friends maybe have mentioned it, I've seen it come across my social media feeds, people asking questions, and today is no exception. We're going to be talking about something that came up so many times over the last two weeks that I couldn't do anything but talk about it today. Today, I'm going to be talking about this in the context of family. However, this could apply to a close-knit friends group, a neighborhood, or even a workplace. I'm talking about when somebody else or a group of people do something rude or disrespectful or actively taking of your time, your energy, your money, your resources. And when you try to stand up for yourself, assert some boundaries, request respect, their reaction is to get mad at you. And what often happens in these situations is other family members will take their side. They will want you to drop it, let it go, give in, whatever the case may be, because they don't want you to cause drama make a scene, make everybody uncomfortable. And now that puts you in a really tough position. Do you maintain your boundaries? Say no to the request? Tell the person that showed up uninvited that they have to leave? Call the police when a family member takes something that does not belong to them? Whatever the case is, do you do that? The morally correct, emotionally healthy, self-esteem building act? and risk upsetting the entire family, alienating a good chunk of your family, angering the elders in your family, or do you let yourself continue to be abused, misused, and taken advantage of? That's an incredibly difficult position to be put in. And what often makes it worse, especially in the context of family, is you're raised with these people. You're raised with this mindset. You were probably taught from a very early stage that this is your role in the family. Some of your family members are takers and abusers, and some of you, your job is to put up with it, keep your mouth shut, do without, sacrifice. One of the aspects of this that really gets to me is the hypocrisy. They can take, but you can't take back. They can show up uninvited, and that's not causing a scene, but you asking them to leave when they do that, that's causing a scene. They can take your car and crash it, and sorry for your luck but you can't ask to take their money to fix the car. You can't say no to having Aunt Betty and her husband and seven kids at your party knowing they're not bringing a gift or a dish to share, but they can say no to bringing something to share. And what makes this so sad is often for the person being taken advantage of and hurt in all of this, there's a level of guilt, of responsibility, that you shouldn't make waves, that you can't upset your family members, that you cannot ask for common decency and respect and your boundaries to be respected, that you're the bad guy if you say something against any of your family members, even if people outside of the family 
can see so clearly how messed up the situation is. Your family seems to be too close and they don't see that person's behavior as bad. Or even if they do, we're going to protect it. We're going to protect that thing that's bad. You shining a light on it, drawing attention to it, calling it out for what it is. That's the real sin. And you will be treated as the one that committed the worst sin. Family is supposed to look out for each other, right? To protect each other and to have each other's back. But how are they looking out for you? Dealing with this is not as simple as just knowing where your boundaries are and enforcing them or learning to say no. There's so much complexity here and there is so much more at stake. I just want to take a quick moment to say, if you're not struggling with this, if this is not your family, friend, or work dynamic, that's incredible. I am so glad for you. I don't think you know how lucky you are. If you have people in your life that this is their struggle, this might be an excellent episode to share with them, or at the very least, you can have a little bit more understanding of what they're going through and why maybe they're not standing up for themselves the way that you think that they should be. What has happened when people have tried to stand up for themselves in these situations? Families have been split. People have ceased talking to each other. Family traditions have died. And surprisingly, often the person who's actually in the right is the one that receives the worst punishment. We're not going to get into why this happens. What we are going to talk about is if you're in this situation, what you can do to help yourself. The very first thing that you can do for yourself is let go of any doubts or guilt or shame that maybe you're in the wrong. Maybe you shouldn't have boundaries with family. Maybe you shouldn't say anything when somebody crosses a line. I want you to erase all of that. Whether or not you choose to continue to put up with this behavior, I want you to minimize any damage it's doing. And we're going to do that by recognizing how wrong all of this is and how you are not part of the problem when and if you put up some boundaries. And you're not part of the problem for wanting to, okay? So let's eliminate that part of it right here, right now. No guilt, no shame. No feeling bad about yourself or feeling bad about what you want or what you need. The second thing I want you to do is before the next time you're going to be interacting with any of your family, decide, are you going to just put up and shut up to continue the false facade of peace? Not real peace, but the false facade of it. Okay. If that's your choice, that's your choice. Your situation is super complex and you have to do what's right for you. But then that means you need to shut up and put up. If you don't want your family to be angry with you and irritated with you and painting you as the bad guy, you cannot be inconsistent. And that leads us right to the next one. If you're going to decide to start having some boundaries with your family, then you need to have boundaries with your family. You have to be consistent. One of the things that causes so much backlash is the inconsistency. Your family does not know what to do with you. They don't know how to be with you. They don't know how to interact with you. They don't know when they're safe and when they're not safe because they don't know when you're going to have these boundaries and these rules and when you're not. So you can't sometimes decide to be fake nice and let things slide and then other times want to enforce your boundaries. You're not being nice. You're just confusing the situation. You're painting yourself as the bad guy. So if you're going to start enforcing boundaries, then that's what you're doing from now on with this family. If you're choosing to start putting some boundaries in place, 
If you're done being treated like this by the people that are supposed to be your family, your loved ones, if you're tired of being the one being used and abused while the actual problem child is getting catered to and the family keeps fixing things for them and covering for them, then you need to go about this calmly, rationally, and well thought out. Suddenly hitting your breaking point is going to be the worst time to suddenly decide to start putting some boundaries in place. This is why I want you to think about how you want the future of this to look now while you're in a calm place, before the next family get-together, before the next time you have to interact with any of these people, decide how you want to show up so that you can handle it in a way that you can walk away from and be proud of yourself. And I want you to know, a lot of times in these situations, there's a whole subsect of people that are the problem and a whole subset of people being the abused ones. Just because you're ready to put in some boundaries doesn't mean the other people that are in that group with you are also ready. So you can't try to make this be a group effort or force them to come along with you. You have to allow them to hit those places on their own time schedule. Also, you do not need to make some grand announcement. Again, probably just going to paint you as the bad guy. Even though you're not being the bad guy, it's going to cause that kind of a reaction quite possibly. What you can do instead is start subtly shifting your behavior. You shift your behavior subtly. That's the key here. You want to get as many boundaries in place kind of undetected so that you can start having a more comfortable experience without igniting that chain reaction that can cause a rift in the family permanently. Now, what I should probably say here is be prepared that there might be a mass exodus of unhealthy people from your life when you choose to do this. I'm phrasing it that way intentionally. This cannot be about losing family. If you're up in your feelings about family and the importance of family and always being with family and watching out for family, you're never going to get yourself to a healthy place. They relinquished the right to call themselves your family when they started abusing and using and manipulating and taking from you. Now they are just unhealthy people you're associating with. Unfortunately, when it comes to family, when you try to cut out the unhealthy people, sometimes some of the people that you love and would want to keep interacting with will choose to go with that unhealthy person instead of stay in relationship with you. That's the part that truly hurts. Sometimes these people come back around. Sometimes that's just it. That's the end of it. So I hope you've been building a solid friend group and a wonderful support network of people that you're not related to so that if you do lose family, you still have your own community. Okay, so how do we subtly make some changes? Maybe don't ever leave your car keys off of your person so nobody can take your car and use it without permission. Keep your prescribed medications locked up, not in the bathroom or bedroom where it would be obvious. Find some obscure place to lock them up where even your lockbox is not likely to be found. Stop bringing 500 elaborately decorated cupcakes to the family picnic when most of the family is showing up with one bag of chips or a packet of hot dogs or nothing. You come with something simpler, easier, cheaper. Pick up some cupcakes from the grocery store on your way there. Notice we're doing subtle. We're not providing the party with zero cupcakes when they've gotten into the habit of expecting cupcakes. We're just not putting all of our time and energy and money into it anymore. Each family situation is different and complex, and the dynamic is unique. For some of you, maybe grandpa is the one terrorizing you. Maybe it's 
a subset of the cousins and their kids. Maybe it's your own sibling. And how this is showing up and the support that they're getting can vary widely. So I cannot touch to each of these experiences. I'm simply trying to get you thinking about how you can start showing up differently, how you can make some subtle little shifts in how you're behaving and how you are showing up so that your experience can be better. Maybe it's simply a matter of not showing up early and staying late and getting stuck with all the setup and cleanup anymore. Maybe you show up late and leave early. There doesn't have to be anything rude about this. You do not need to draw attention to it. You do not need to announce it. You just shift your behavior. If you find your cash is always missing from your purse when you go to a family event, stop having cash in your purse when you go to these family events. Do you see what I'm getting at here? Now, if somebody wants to question what you're doing, hey, why didn't you make cupcakes this time? I thought you always made cupcakes. I want you to respond honestly and without blame. I didn't have the time or money to do that this time. Hey, why can't I find your car keys? I just wanted to run down to the 7-Eleven real quick. If my keys weren't by the front door, I can't help you. Do you see what I'm doing there? The goal here is that the shift is subtle enough that they're just slightly confused and let it go. They don't really know what to do with you or the situation because you didn't antagonize. You didn't get in their face. You didn't say no and ask for a fight. And they move on. And you're left being able to be peaceful and enjoy the rest of the event. Now, granted, sometimes they might want to push more. They might want to argue, bully you, guilt trip you because they don't like that their privileges are being revoked, that their special treatment is going away. Disengage if you can. Walk away if you can. Keep calm. If you're being calm and they're now getting loud and excitable and upset and people are starting to tune in to what's going on, hopefully what they see is that you seem calm and rational and pleasant and this other family member seems to be getting themselves very worked up. And if anybody in that moment wants to turn to you as their form of addressing the other person's behavior, demanding that you give them what they want or stop causing a scene or stop antagonizing them. First of all, notice where that person is at. They are not seeing reality. They are not on the side of peace. They are not on the side of right or fair or moral. They are enabling this other person's behavior. They are validating this other person's right to act like this and make these types of irrational, rude demands. You can try responding to this person by saying what you've already said. Hey, I told him if my car keys are by the front door, he's free to take my car. Again, it's true. If your keys are there, you knowing that they're going to take your car, you are, in fact, giving them permission by putting the keys there. You did not put the keys there. Therefore, they do not have permission to take your car. Saying it like this puts the onus back on the person that originally got upset, and it highlights to the person that's trying to interfere on their behalf that there is a boundary here without you having to formally make a stand of, I'm putting a boundary here. Now, if their goal is really to unhealthily and completely incorrectly keep the peace, they're most likely going to say something like, use somebody else's car, his keys aren't up there. Now you have effectively maintained your boundary, kept your peace, without inciting any outrage in the family. If, and this is really important, if their goal was not 
some corrupted, unhealthy idea of peace, but rather at all costs to help the person upset with you and to shift all negativity to you, they are going to get into this with you. Well, where are your keys? Well, who has your keys? Well, why are you hiding your keys? Notice you are not making a scene. Also notice peace, not causing a scene, not their goal. Allow this to highlight for you how necessary it is that you start having some boundaries here and separating yourself from these individuals. And this may be a wonderful opportunity for you to take your leave. I want to make it really clear here. When the family dynamic is this unhealthy, when there are multiple people either causing the chaos or feeding into and validating the chaos, there's not much you can do without causing some kind of rift. You and only you can decide if your situation warrants a change in your behavior. Only you can decide if you're willing to continue to put up with the mistreatment you're receiving. Only you can decide if you're in a position where you're willing to remove some or potentially all of your family members from your life. Ultimately, it comes down to what it's costing your mental health and how much you value each of these individuals that are treating you like this. I'm one of the biggest proponents for the family unit there is. That stops when it is a mess of unhealthy, damaging, abusive individuals. That's not a family unit anymore. My hope is that you got some useful ways out of this today to make some subtle shifts so that hopefully you are feeling less taken advantage of and less used and abused by these family members of yours. My other hope for you is that you're able to start to separate in your own mind what these family members are saying about you or to you, how they're labeling you and treating you from the internal dialogue going on in your head, recognizing how wildly unhealthy and incorrect they are and how they view you so that it doesn't continue to destroy your self-esteem. Family, real healthy family, does not use or abuse. They do not hide and cover up. They do not put down and insult. Real family has your back too. They love and respect you too. They respect your boundaries. Real family loves you, not for what you can do for them or give them, but because you are special to them. If your family is not doing this, it might be time to shift your mindset about labeling them as family. If you're choosing to continue to be a part of this family dynamic, which is your right, allow it to be an isolated incident that doesn't affect every other aspect of your life, how you view yourself, how you interact at work and with friends. Just please don't. Your self-esteem, your mental health needs separation between their behavior and how you view you. All right. We went long today, but I know this was important. So thank you for sticking with me for a few extra minutes today. Let me know if you have questions. If you want to talk out a specific situation that you're dealing with, let's have that conversation. Thank you for being here this week, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.